We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. I'm not paranoid about all of you. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't trust a single thing any of you are doing. You're not warm. You shouldn't. I've been. I'm warm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's warm in here. <laughs> but see, I've, I've been eating very much. I'm kind of in a semi-fast, so I get a little cold easily. Got it. Do you think? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Cadeau. Matt Donnelly, Penn, and I are broadcasting from the show Creator Studio South in Las Vegas. We're back today with the great magician and winner from America's Got Talent, Matt Franco. Matt's here. We'll keep laughing and grilling him on his magic secrets. So far, he's been a tough nut to crack. Here he is preaching love, Mr. Pendulette. You know, Sinatra, Sinatra started his career, you know, winning talent show. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you could say you're following Sinatra's footsteps. Is that before Star Search? It must be. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> it was way, way back. It was some with a with a with a group, I believe, with a vocal group. Wow. He uh, he 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 took off and did that. If you go through the list of people that started at, as essentially winning a, a national talent show on with their career, the. Uh, you start saying, boy, anybody really important come out of that? And then if you want to shut them the fuck up, you say, well, besides Sinatra? I like that narrative. Yeah. Besides, I love that narrative. Besides, besides Sinatra. Sinatra, I, I believe, had some impact after his talent show, didn't he? I think I would so. Say, I would say, no, I, I would say that would be your reading. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure anybody that came from talent shows did much. I mean, they're Sinatra. Did but, you do any? <laughs> Did you guys uh, ever do any? I, well, I never as Penn and Teller. All right. As, I did community auditions in Boston as you know as as juggler, uh-huh. but not not that. And we won. I did one at a disco, and I won a, a, an album a week for a year. <laughs> did you have a choice of albums? Yeah, I got how, albums. how many copies? Actually, what they had actually, <laughs> yeah. you know, you may not know, has the worst musical taste yeah. of any human being on the planet. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Annie. Yeah, 52 copies of Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, they didn't pay us for a while. They didn't give us any awards. And then uh, down there started raising a fuss. And they just wrote us a check. (laughs) Here's 500 bucks. Go buy an album. (laughs) Yeah, I was working with a a whole long list of psychotics. But one of them was a a guy uh, I I did juggling shows with in high school. We would go around. And uh, I remember once we I, I would do all the booking. He was he was crazy and antisocial, but a great juggler. Uh, okay, like yeah, how yeah. unusual, yeah. And um, <laughs> and we would do these talent shows. And I remember once they had a big award. We came out, we'd won. It was the toss ups. 
What's the name of our group? The TV show thing. What's yeah, that? You told us. No, no, this is a different one. Different, different story. story. Different right. story. And they came out and they, it was, you know, a high school auditorium, probably eight, 900 people, all there to see a talent show that had been going on for two hours. And the winner finally decided it was us. We walked on stage to get the award and I took the award. My partner said, is there a check with this? And I said, and the guy said, well, you've won, you've won the award. And he said, Penn, you said no more talent shows unless we won money. I don't want any more <laughs> goddamn trophies. <laughs> I so I, I, I booked this before, before we made that rule. <laughs> and he said, oh, goddamn. Just walked off stage. Wow. And I said, what we'd like to say is we, we love this trophy very much. And I tried so hard to be. So what you have to understand is in my, in my scenario. Yeah. I was the nice one. Right, right. <laughs> Hard to believe. Hard to believe we're talking to Matt Franco that Pat would be the nice one. But I never teamed up with you. Right. Right. Not yet. So we got you we got you on to AGT. Uh-huh. And you didn't have uh, you got along well with the producers and yeah. no sort of conflict. I love no, I, I yeah, there there's some great people over there. I, I still still stay close with them, you know? They're yeah. uh really good people, good at their job, passionate about their work. They put together a great show. I mean, it's unbelievable what well, they do. Well, that's what I had to tell Piff a thousand times. I had to say, Piff, what they want to do is put the best show on TV possible. And it's not like we want to do the best show we can while fucking Piff. Yeah. That isn't even there parenthetically. No. <laughs> they just want to do the best show. Yeah. Now, on the way to the best show, if they have to fuck Piff, they'll do it. Yep. But they're only going for the show. Yep. And if you're collateral damage, they don't even know you're collateral damage. There's nothing malicious at all. Like if you'd have been one of the ones that went up early mm-hmm. and they changed that, it would have fucked you over, but it would have been with no maliciousness. Absolutely. Because they would like every act they have on there to be the best act that's ever been seen in the world mm-hmm. and those to be firing it out at the end. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's all they would love. Yep. And for the best one to win. Yeah. They would like all of that to happen all the time. Yep. Yep. And I had to tell Piff that like 500 times. Yeah. Because Piff was always, as I would have been, you know, I was very, uh, and of course I, I did some reality shows that were tough. Sure. And were underhanded. And we're doing, I would say, uh, things outside of my morality set. to be, Not to me. I mean, who cares about me? I was old enough and I've been around enough that I didn't give a fuck. And also, I'm, you know, I'm bulletproof. But, um, but there were other people that I saw treated in ways that I didn't think were right. But you didn't see that in America's Got Talent? I did not see that at all, no. No. I think you're there. I knew I was there just to try to help them make good TV. And I was okay with the fact that the minute I'm not useful to them anymore, I could be gone. And I was right. okay with that. I just went into it knowing that. And what did you go in? I, I mean, I don't know enough about your personality. Okay. What did you go into with your odds, the final show of winning? Uh, on, I, honestly, zero. Like there was no, I had zero intentions of winning at all from, from the day it started to up to the moment when there were just two of us left, then I thought, oh my God, I can win. Like that was the only time it ever even crossed my mind. My goal was to get footage, right? I used to hire people in different states where I was performing to try to get footage of my show to, to book more gigs. I needed a good reel and it was hard to do and audio is half the battle and I could never get good footage. I thought, you know, TV is the only way. And I thought this would be a great way to do it. And I thought the more I can get out of it, the better. But I never imagined going to the finale, winning any of that until there were two of us left. And I thought, well, I guess it's kind of like 50-50, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Well, you know, one of the things when, when people say, you know, what have Penn and Teller done for magic? We've given a lot of people a black, shiny floor. Oh, my God. And that's the end of the list. 
That's all we got to do. Give them a black, <laughs> shiny floor so they can shoot their show and then sell it out on the road. I, I'm not sure we do anything besides that, but we do give them a black, shiny floor. I'm sure you've done a lot more than that. <laughs> but uh, who, was the, who was the one you were uh, up against? A uh, singer, em- Emily West, kind of a, a, a Nashville singer, something yeah. like that, yeah. And how has she done since? I don't know. That's a good question. I should reach out. I don't know. Did you do any of your uh, Rhode Island psyching out backstage? Psyching out? Yeah, oh, to like her? Kick her down. No, no. Boy, no. she'd be awful if you had a little flat on that tr- warm-up. Yeah. flat on the warm-up. A little flat on the warm-up. <laughs> Are your monitors okay? Because you sounded out of tune when I heard you back. Is it a monitor? <laughs> I can talk to them about your monitors and see if I can get them better. I'll tell you, back then, singers won all the time. It was always singers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, she was definitely the favorite, and she won the week before against me, and then, you know. Yeah. Oh, I got I got called many, many times going, a, a magician uh, a magician has won America's talent that was, a, that was a big deal and i went who what what yeah. oh, there was there was a magician on I, every magician went who i was yeah. underground <laughs> i wasn't known in magic at all you know then at that like for any reason like i wasn't trying to be even i just wanted to work professionally do my show and now you, know. you don't have a you, you didn't have a lag either right because the last few shows are live right yes they're all live after the first two rounds that we talked about on the previous episode so there was no right. there was no lag at all so you went right from that afternoon you went in and that night everybody knew you were the winner. Yes. Yeah, there was no no lag at all. Yeah, right. It's live, live, live. You didn't have to keep it quiet right. for a couple of days or No, no, it's right. happening in real time. Yeah. And what was uh what was that bump? What was the real no kidding bump in your career there? Uh I believe every door that like can open was open like mm-hmm. opens at that time. Uh everything changed. It went from, you know, prior to winning was okay, you know, how am I going to parlay this into continuing my career in the college circuit? And then after winning was, oh man, I got to, you know, this is a grand slam. I got to, you know, really, I, I I quickly found out by the, the phone calls that I was getting and from the right people that, oh man, this is, this is way beyond me. This is something bigger that I wasn't expecting and I don't know exactly how to handle and that I have to surround myself with the right people to help me. That, that was the, you know, uh, I don't know. Ever, Extra zeros? What do you, what's that the answer you're <laughs> no, looking no, no, for? No, no, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that's I like that a the horrifying answer. moment was, to realize that what am I going to do now? Because I was not prepared for this at all. Yeah. I don't know. And how this, do you handle that? At moment? the second you won, no manager, no agent, no, no people work with you. No manager, now, no they, agent. Did they automatically step in as your manager or something? Is there some sort of deal? No. Oh. Nope. I was, I was free to do all of those things on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, not everybody who wins. They talk about the Vegas show, but that's usually just like a showcase that happens in Vegas. Yes. And maybe they'll do a couple other tour stops. Sure. You actually end up landing in Vegas. Yeah. So that's a different step. How soon was it? That was a year later. A year later. That was a year later. Yeah. Were there other options on the table besides trying to sit down in Vegas? Um. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if anyone... That was the one that I was, uh, for whatever reason, drawn to, although I was very apprehensive about it. I didn't know how much I would love it as much as I Wasn't a lifelong dream to be a Vegas resident? It it was when I was like young and and stupid, essentially. Like when I was young and didn't know any better and just would watch magic on TV and I thought, oh, well, that's that's where it's at. That's what I'm going to do. But then as I became older and like more realistic, my goals were way smaller than... Than what has happened, you know, right. like it's it's kind of crazy. I don't like to limit myself with goals anymore because yeah, 
because of this, right? So no, my goal honestly was to just be doing magic full time, to make a living doing it. Um, and as a child, my dream was to have a show in Vegas. But then as adulthood comes in, you start being more realistic about, okay, well, how can I do this for real? Um, but then, then the opportunity essentially came to me, you know? Right. Oh, I get to say this and I'm so happy. You would have been happy spending your life doing college shows, right? thousand percent i have friends that were doing it into their early 60s right when i was doing it and i thought wow because i was the right age for it but i thought look if if jim can still do it and it's not creepy then i have longevity too <laughs> you know that, yeah, well, that was thinking i would have been oh because you everybody would ask us and I, I hear you doing the same thing it makes me very happy everybody would ask us when we hit broadway you know um boy all those all those years before this must have been horrible and i would go no we were we were thrilled to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were yeah. making we were making our living mm-hmm. and doing exactly what we wanted to do. And had we stayed, uh, and I mean, this is an example. We were, and I don't mean it's hard. It's a hard thing to say very clearly. Johnny Thompson had a career where he was loved by everyone in Magic and was known by everyone in Magic to be fabulously good, and yet never became a household name, never became well-known, and yet earned his living in Magic and did very, very well. Mm -hmm. And our goal was Johnny Thompson. That's Mm -hmm. what we were shooting for. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard to tell people that when they tell you, well, you got your dream now, that no, I had I had my dream before, and I took this one weird shot. We thought, well, we'll see if an off Broadway show goes. Yeah, and if it hadn't gone, I don't think I'm remarkably less happy than I am now. Right, right. I you know I would I would be people in Magic would have heard of these two guys that did this weird act, and they popped around. They played to a few hundred seats and did occasional colleges and cruises and did that kind of but, stuff. I mean, that's exactly what I do. Yeah, and I love every day of it. Yeah. I was in Hermosa Beach doing shows last night. I loved it. Yeah. Had the greatest night. Did three shows, and I still love what I do, and, and, and yeah. I'm happy. Oh. And I, I get, I get so. Uh, there are many people, and you know precisely who I'm talking about, who say all I ever wanted was a Vegas show. Yeah. And those are the same people that don't ever mention their material. They don't care what material they do, or I also put another way, whose material they do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. As long as they have a show in Vegas. Yeah. No, it's not an opportunity I would have ever chased if it didn't come to me. You mm. know what I mean? I would never be like, I want to have it just to say that I have it. That just yeah. doesn't that doesn't jive with me. You're no. trying to put that crown jewel on on your, your crown. No, 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 no. When it did happen, you did win. Yes. You're from Rhode Island. I am. Did you think about Broadway? Did you think about trying to take it anything East Coast? Uh, it's crossed my mind. You know, yeah. people have mentioned it to me, people in the business and so on. But, you know, I take things one step at a time and go from there. But it wasn't presented then? Uh, it was talked about, but wasn't something that I uh, tackled seriously. Okay. You know? And you also just got married, right? I did. Yeah, I just got married in August. We've been together nine years. Oh, yeah. So... Um, Ran out of excuses. <laughs> <laughs> so you did not. The, your uh, your 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 bride was not something you won in America's Got Talent. No, she was there from uh, before the college stuff even took off. Wow, she was there prior to that when I uh, you know was trying to just make a living doing it. Believe it or not. So so it was a wild ride for her as well. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it was an insane. She's ride the one driving her. the car in the college circuit for you. Oh, uh, I know. That was me. It was really a one-man <laughs> thing. She would take, drop me off at the airport, though. Mm. And it's funny because you said, uh, you know, that I sound like I was happy back then. I recall there was some instance where at like three or four in the morning, uh, my grandfather, for some reason, was the one who was taking me to the to the airport. And they live close to the airport. 
And he'll say, uh, he said something to me somewhat recently. He's like, boy, I'll tell you, when you were going to the airport at four in the morning back then, you were like a pig in shit so happy. He said, I couldn't believe it. But you're absolutely right. I was thrilled yeah. that someone was yeah. paying me to go to Iowa or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was unbelievable to me. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool. So much bigger than Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I could just drive across and... It got me damn. to almost all the states. You know? It was, it was cool. Oh, he's rubbing that in. <laughs> oh, what? Why is that? What? Well, Montana. Yeah. Wyoming. Yep. North Dakota, South Dakota, we've never played them. Wait, oh, really? No. Is never. that your four? That your list? Uh, something four? like that. Wow. Uh, it's something like Glenn that. knows it. Glenn wow. knows it. And I've said to I've said to Glenn, uh, you know, uh, I want to I want to play those places. And he said the problem is getting in and out with the airports and still making your Saturday show uh, at the at the Rio. Right. And the other problem is that in some of these cases you'll be asking one percent of the population of the state to come see your show. Oh. <laughs> True. In order to pay for the crew and everybody to go in. Mm-hmm. Um so uh But as a juggler you can knock those off no problem. No problem. Look at split. <laughs> I do in all those. Look at split. <laughs> How often do you change up your stuff in your show? Working on a lot of new stuff now. Yeah. That I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, Are you going to unroll it in like a new show thing I don't or think one so. trick at a time? I don't think so, personally. I yeah. don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to that. I uh. take things gradually and one step at a time. Um, and yeah, I think it just kind of happens one thing at a we time. Should talk, we should talk about this here, is that uh, you have hired uh, Matt Donnelly's wife, Sam. I have. I have. She's Her, coming on Tuesday. She's the next Johnny Thompson. <laughs> well. <laughs> she is working with magicians. You know, your show right. needs is a juggler. <laughs> and what, what, what is she going to be doing? She's going to uh, choreograph a new thing that we're doing. Can you tell us more? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, it's not dance per se. As as much as I'm <laughs> tempted to to tiptoe into the realm of 90s illusion magic. Why are you waiting, <laughs> you waiting uh, for has, your food? I can you know, do when I was, tricks or these awesome breakdance moves. You know, when I was growing up, all I cared about was Gene Kelly and wondered if I could just bring that kind of movement <laughs> into magic. <laughs> I, you don't, you're lying. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never crossed my mind, first of all, to do dance or magic. <laughs> I did not have the same background as you know. As no. Matt Frank of mine was not a love of magic. No. But go on, what trick are you working on? Uh, it's an appearance, a way that I appear, appear during the show. And, and it's okay right now. It's it's in its infancy. And you know things improve over time the more you do them. And I feel like, well, it could improve by being a little more clear to the audience. Oh, we're not hiding anything. Oh, there's nobody here. Because mm-hmm. right now it's like, okay, it's good, but we don't know where to look. It catches off off, off guard. It's a little bit too fast. So I think that some movement leading up to it and bringing focus to where people are supposed to look will hopefully make it a better trick. You know, that's uh, that's one of the things that uh, nobody outside of magic knows is the big problem. The problem is never misdirection. Yeah. The problem is direction. Because mm-hmm. if they don't think they've been looking where they're supposed to be looking the whole time, you don't have a trick. Exactly. If, if, they, if they, you know. Yeah. And we, uh, we, we, when you came on uh, Fool Us, uh, Matt's going to be on the Christmas episode of Fool Us. Yeah. yeah. I remember talking in the elevator and you were asked, you asked me how it was going or whatever. Because we have mutual friend, Eric Diddleman. We work, uh, we end up working with Eric Diddleman. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So Eric uh, gave, gave me my chicken trick. Uh, a, mem- a member of the Funny Name Club. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but like learning magic tricks is one thing, but what makes them actually great is always little things that you can't teach. And so all of a sudden you're performing, all of a sudden you do like this small thing. And suddenly tricks explode. 
And it's just it's like, I, it's so frustrating that that's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's magic is a pretty dense topic when you get into the theory of it. It yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. It's like super dense and it's, there's a lot going on. And also the, 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 uh, the thing that amazes me is how when you first do something in live theater, um, everything has to be big. You have to make sure that every joke plays everything else. And it's amazing how playing three, 5,000 seat theaters, you get your mannerisms down smaller and smaller and smaller. And the audience still knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. If your plotting is good and your acting is good, they know stuff. You know, I always, yeah. We did the water tank on Saturday Night Live, which is the first place you ever did it. Mm -hmm. Teller has the, uh, Teller's going to drown and I'm out there and I have, there's a moment when I have to notice that he can't breathe and is drowning. And on Saturday Night Live, you know, where there's a close up, I turn my full body to look at it and make sure I get the laugh. And by the time we were doing that 6,000, 7,000 times playing the Chicago theater, 5,000 seats, I swear I didn't even move my eyes. And got a big laugh. You didn't have to turn the whole body, nothing. Right. It's really amazing. And there's also stuff that what I love about live performance that you'll never see on TV. Because on TV, no matter how good uh, Jimmy Fallon or, uh, or Colbert are going to get, they're going to do different material every night. So they can't, they can't let the audience teach them stuff they don't know. And when you're doing something 2,000 times, you can have a way to convey a piece of information that does not fit in any grid that you have for theory. Right. And that is something that the audience is not going to be able to get in any other form because nobody else has done it that much. Absolutely. It's, it's a really wonderful feeling. And borders right of the supernatural. Like there's stuff in our show that I go, I don't know how they know. I'm thinking what they should know that I'm thinking, but I say but that next word do, yeah. and it gets yeah. a laugh and I don't know how I'm getting there. But you know that they know because you know from last time. Y yeah. 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 And, you get the, and you get the laugh. Yeah. So you know it's working. Yeah. You just go, I just don't know. And nobody that works an improvisational form and nobody that works a, uh, a form that changes every night, no matter how small those change, if it changes every night, they'll never learn that. Yeah. yeah, they never can possibly learn that. I think about stuff like that all the time. It's, it's it's a really really great it's a really great fascinating thing, and that gives you something that in in live that you're never going to get in the other form. You know, and of course, magic, um, magic is the form that translates the least well electronically. Yeah, agreed. Of all of them, mm -hmm. and that's wonderful. That's why Vegas has so much magic because we have many people coming here that are going to see one or two shows a year. And if you're going to see one or two live shows a year, you might as well see a magician. Yeah. Because you'll get your bands and you'll get your comedians. You'll get a lot of that electronically. Yep. And more of that. Or a juggler, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you get more of that to your town, too. It's way more often that you have bands and musicians coming through than you sure. would have a magician on tour. That's true, too. Yeah. Let's take a little break here. Just a quick little break. Okay. Got one thing to talk about that's wicked important. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Yes. Other than me? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. Get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselor. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's really great. I've been doing it. You know, I never did counseling before. I know, it's before. pretty great. I've been enjoying I'm impressed it. impressed with you Available doing on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Broad experience in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Right. Financial aid is available to those who qualify. Secure, convenient, professional, affordable. It's not a crisis line, but it is affordable. Penn Sunday School listeners get 10% off first month with discount code PEN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash PEN. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash PEN. PEN. PEN, PEN, PEN. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. I saw a moment in a movie once where at the end, and I, thought, and I, and I laughed really hard and I thought, how did that happen? And then I realized at, uh, in the credits that the woman doing the part had done the stage show. Mm-hmm. And she had found a laugh that you would not find as an actor or, 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 or any other well, you way. Know, the Marx Brothers yeah. took their movies out. Did you know this, Matt? They took the, the Marx Brothers took their movies out on the road for a year before they shot the movie. Did not know that. They'd go out there on the road with the script and everything and do their movie wow. on the road and then come back and shoot it. Interesting. And you can really feel that. When you watch those Marx Brothers movies, mm-hmm. there are pauses for the laughs. Oh, yeah. Well, well that's that a whole you won't hear in modern television at right, all. Right. That's why the Marx Brothers stuff seems slow, is right. they, were, they were expecting there to be laughs. Woody Allen has written about that a lot, how you don't know what to do. We did a movie called The Aristocrats. Yep. And um, we had no idea what to do because if, and we, we cut it in the middle, mm-hmm. and you can tell. If you see it in a full theater full of people, you miss the next line after right. after jokes. Right. And if you see it alone in uh, watching it by yourself in a room, yeah. you feel moments where you're not laughing by yourself mm-hmm. and yet we're waiting for the next line. No laugh track. And we worked we worked forever to to try to hone in on that, you know. This is an interview with uh, Ed Norton. He says Spike Lee rehearses his rehearses his scripts with his actors for six weeks before he shoots. Yeah. And I feel like you can always tell in his movies. Yeah. There's a difference in his dialogue. A little bit of depth. Yeah. It adds a depth to the movie. And many, many, many directors rehearse not at all. 
Right. Not even on the set on that day. Right. They just find out what they've got and then kind of fix it, which is also a valid form of composition. Sure. And gives you all sorts of stuff you don't get in the yeah. repetitions, you know. Right. There's, there's going to be, you know, De Niro will give you a different read every single time through. Right. And that's a whole other way to look at it. But there is stuff, uh, there is stuff in, uh, yeah. and you know, in, in magic, you also spend all this time learning to do stuff that, uh, that looks natural. Oh, yeah. so much time. And, and that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's the story so of- So many uh, things that aren't seen at all. In the actor's studio, there's the story of Brando just eating a sandwich, supposedly for one of his acting studio things. Oh, okay. He just naturally on stage ate a sandwich. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and how hard that is. You know, Warhol did that film of Andy Warhol eating a Burger King sandwich on uh, uh, burger on, on film. Just eating on film, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And it's really hard to do. And there's, in, in the new Malcolm Gladwell book, he talks about, which is fascinating, uh, he talks about how if you watch Friends with the sound down, you can tell what each of the characters is feeling and thinking. And they ran this really bizarre test where they brought people in to do a survey. And while they were in the survey, they changed the entire room outside it and filled it with friends that they hadn't seen. And entirely different lights and everything. So they went into a situation they could not have possibly imagined. And shocking. In every way, shocking. And they shot their faces, okay, with video. Then played those faces back. And 5 to 10% uh, showed any reaction at all. So what you're dealing with, with people on stage, you're dealing with a transparency that you don't really see in regular life. Mm -hmm, so what you're getting out of actors is not the realism, yes, but you're getting a transparent realism that we can all read. Right. And it's really true. Even your even your greatest actors who are the most subtle, when they're surprised, they open their mouth and widen their eyes. Right. <laughs> they do that. Right. When they're happy, they smile. Mm -hmm. right. You know, when they're sad, they frown. And in the real world, only like 10% of the people do that. Wow. Uh, and so with magic, it's this crazy thing where you know, you bumped into this a lot, I'm sure, is you have a move that is 100% natural. Mm -hmm. You're not even doing a move. Right. And people are seeing something. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. So we, we have to do the exact opposite. We have to find a way to do something that not only is natural, but also looks natural. Yeah. Don't pay attention. And that's also very particular. Yeah. For, in, in our show, I can steal stuff out of my pockets, Teller can't. Because I comfortably put my hands in my pockets. It looks natural for you. And Teller, and Teller doesn't. Right. And yeah. that's one of the things, I don't know if you do this, but Teller and I try... We're working on a new trick. Mm -hmm. We try to run it without any of the gimmicks or even knowing how we're going to do the trick. We just try to run through as though we had real magical powers. Oh my God. No, I've never done that, but Be I want to. Because then, <laughs> then you do it and you go, uh, you have people watching. Right. And they go, you know, Penn, while you were saying that, you had your left hand in your uh, left pants pocket. Right. Which means we want to steal something. We can steal it there. Right. Because right. you're going to be able to make that look natural because it just was. Mm -hmm. And you can go through all this reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. it's, we have one trick. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen us do the inflatables. 
Oh, you know what? That was a favorite of mine. I saw that at Foxwoods well, probably ah, 99. Well, <laughs> we had no idea what to do with them because Goudeau was writer on the show. Yeah. And Goudeau uh, and another few of the writers took the day off. We weren't around. They were out of town. We were out of town <laughs> and they went to uh, see a baseball game. Okay. And we came back and Goudeau had an alibi why they hadn't been working. And he said, we went to the baseball game to see the giant mascots they have because he thought that might be good for the show. So he was just saving his ass. <laughs> <laughs> this would be really good for, let's make big Penn and Teller inflatable. Is that Wouldn't really that where the funny? idea came from? Yes. yes. Oh my God, that's we awesome. the AAA World Series. <laughs> That's so cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that's where good ideas come from. Sometimes. So we had we had no we had no bit. We just bought the inflatables and then went into rehearse because they are really funny. Yeah, They're really funny. <laughs> I knew that. We, we went into rehearse. We knew that part with, with Penn and Teller inflatables or just generic ones to start with. Penn and Teller. Wow. Okay. Right First off the time, bat. Yeah. Boom. And we had different people in them. Mm -hmm. You know, and we didn't know what trick we we're gonna do. Yeah, sure. And we're going. Let's see if this is funny. This is funny. This is funny. And all of a sudden. One of the people in the suit vanished. And I said to tell her, it looks look it looks like that suit's empty. Right, right. And he just vanished. And we said, What'd you do? And he said, Nothing. We said, No, no, what exactly did you do? Because we just had a vanish. And uh Handsome Jack said that trick fooled him and fooled him and fooled him. And then he said he finally just had this thing that came to him and said, Wait a minute. They didn't do anything, did they? That's just the way it looks. And we went, yeah. yeah. Uh, Turns out when you turn off the fan and it flattens down, looks like it's dead. They're gone. Well, the person can't be standing, of course. Right. Lie down. Right, 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 right. The right. entire method on that is lie down. Wow. There's no other method. I think I was fooled until now, too. <laughs> <laughs> Person yeah. does not go away. It's a vanish. It looks unbelievable. It's a vanish yeah, yeah. where the person yeah. doesn't vanish. And a very unique one at that. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and uh, so we, since then, and a little bit before that, we like to go through and see if we happen to get lucky. Like, wow. That's great. That just works. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's inspiring. Very cool. And uh, so you said you're getting, uh, you're doing a lot of close up now? Just for fun. Just yeah, for fun. I don't really have a, an outlet for it necessarily. Fall back, fall back position. Maybe you can get that spot back there in Rhode Island. At Agafas, yeah. No, the restaurant's gone, believe it or not. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, they could, how, how could they, you were how gone could they lose you, you left. and keep working? I'm like heavy into close-up. Actually, noticed your bracelet. Is that the one Johnny used to wear? That is Johnny. Was that Martin Nash's prior to yes, him? Yes, it is. I love Martin Nash. Love that so bracelet. Martin Nash on the back. That's incredible. That's and you so know, cool. do you know how Johnny got it from Martin Nash? Uh, I'm, I think he had told me the story, and I yeah. think it's escaped me since then. Yeah. Can you tell it's, me? It's just, uh, it's, uh, uh, Martin needed a lot at work in his act, and uh, and went to Johnny oh, to work wow. on it, and then said to Johnny, uh, I can't afford to pay you. And Johnny said, no problem, I'll do it for a friend. And Martin said, I want you to have this bracelet. That's unbelievable. And, and which later, if you watch the YouTube videos of Martin. Which I can, do. You can see him wearing this bracelet. I know, I've seen him wearing it. It's a dupe. That Well, he had two of them, right? No, this is the original one. That's the original, that right. he gave to Johnny. And then years later. Got another one made. Yep, yep, yep. And I think absolutely. he might have gotten two others made after that. Got it, But this got is it. the one that he wore mm -hmm. that he gave to Johnny. Yep. And uh, I guess I can't say that Johnny gave it to me, Pam gave it to me, sure. and said that she was sure he would have wanted that. But I can't actually claim that Johnny at any point said, I want Penn to have this. But Pam 
felt she knew he wanted it's really to cool that you do nonetheless yeah i had wondered what happened to it you know really and I, i'm happy to see it today it just makes, makes me, me happy just to see it makes me very very happy very and cool. i have had uh this has been uh this has happened twice when people have come up to me after the show and said uh you mentioned on the podcast of the place you're wearing johnny's bracelet can i just touch it oh that's awesome and they come up and just go just, you know, try to get a little bit of Johnny Stardust. That's so great. From that. That's yeah, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know Martin at all. No? No, I didn't know. Have you he, ever, you've seen his stuff at all? Yeah. Him work? See, since, since getting the bracelet. Yeah. You know, I knew that he was friends with Johnny, but that's all. I didn't know how close a friend he was to Johnny. Mm -hmm. They spent a lot of time, a lot of time together. A lot of work on center deals, all that card yeah, yeah. stuff, gambling stuff. But he found his, he, but you found his stuff on, uh, on, on the web or you? Uh, yeah, he's got some books that I've got. He has any second now, slight unseen. They're super hard to find. Um, he's got some books. He's got some, you know, videos that he put out on moves that he created, mm -hmm. uh, gambling stuff. And I, I just find that stuff interesting. And like, there's a lot of stuff hidden in there that you can just, not that, not that I take, you know, I don't like fooling magicians. That's not my bag or anything, but like, I can now, not just because of Martin, <laughs> but, like, but like I can like really mess with people with some of the stuff I've been like digging into, and it is just fun for me. It's you know I don't know if I'm on the verge of something or if I'm just having a good time, but uh, I'm practicing a lot. And I carry cards with me now, which I hadn't done for years, you know. <laughs> and he inspired a pen and teller trick. No, it was uh, subtle. Was it originally? Oh, yes, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> now, where did you have it made? The are we talking about the mask? Yeah. Where did you have it made? Because Johnny asked me for for the guy who made mine, but I think uh, you had it here, didn't you? No, no, we had it made in LA. It, oh, was it the same? I wonder if it was the same guy, Vincent. You don't know? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. They, it was the same people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Because because the you way take full credit for that. Yeah. What? Oh no, that's awesome. Yeah, think, yeah. No, I just assumed it was because it looked like a different style. It looked because I saw it on on TV and Teller just popped it right off. And the one that we have is really hard to get off. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we had the modified. So that. yeah, okay, yeah. cool. It's yeah. Velcro down the back and oh, got all, it. We went to a lot of work to make that come off easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. that was that was uh, that was the uh, <laughs> that was the inspiration. That's so awesome. Uh, I'm so proud. Backstage seeing that it was it was it was it was a, it was a great thing. That was an amazing. Day we were shooting the Johnny documentary and doing that, and David was there, and it was just a. Uh... I'll tell you, it was an amazing day for us. Very strange day for the guy Ted who wears the mask. Yes, <laughs> he's backstage at the Orleans with you know magicians who are not just famous in magic but world famous people, right? Yeah. So he's back there with people, and he's not a magician. Ted had a desk job prior to being in my show. And now he happened to be the right size as me. So he's the one wearing the, the Matt Franco mask. And, you know, we're all just hanging out backstage. Then he goes and changes into You know it. what would be the coolest thing in the world? Oh, no, I know what you're going to you say. If you just took the mask off right now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> We've been interviewing Ted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the coolest thing in the world. Uh, he, he went and changed. Ted went and changed into the mask. And, and the first thing David Copperfield says, you know, he... he he stops in his tracks, looks at Ted, looks at me. We're wearing the same outfit for the bit that we're doing. Looks back at Ted and he goes, how many hours of makeup is that? And when I said none, it's a mask. I mean, you could just see the expression on his face. But now what you have is, is Penn Jillette and David Copperfield and Johnny Thompson, maybe two or three other people surrounding Ted, poking and prodding at him in a circle of people. And he's just standing there with my face on going, this is the weirdest day of my life. This is the weirdest day of my life. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That the the, uh, the the mask the mask stuff is just is just incredible. How's it going with the audiences? They like it. They like yeah, the bit. Yeah, yeah. It, keeps, it keeps getting better. And you, better. Are you doing it now? Yeah, we're doing it right now. Cool. Although that won't last long because we have like uh, we have six new bits going in. 
Unbelievable. So six new bits going in in the next, well, until there's better, uh, we go back in. It'll probably be another two, three weeks. I don't know how you guys do it so quickly. I really don't. Well, you know, we got to... We have amazing people working with us. You yeah. Know? Our, our fucking new guy's 12 years now. So. Oh my God. Everybody knows everything. So we, we just have this, uh, we just have this machine. Yeah. And, clearly. You know, they build stuff. They build stuff three times before we see it. You know, they do all, all that. Build it once in cardboard, once in, you know, once in plywood before you actually get to doing it. And, yeah. That's, you know, and the guys can already, you know, they, they know. What we're going to be doing, it's just amazing. My process is extremely slow comparatively, you know, because yeah, it's well, all new, you know, yeah, for me. You get, you get, uh, you start. Well, the great thing about being in Vegas is you can, you can rehearse in your theater. Right? Yes. See, that no one else in the world gets to do that. Right, right. You know, when we were working Broadway, putting other stuff in was insane because you had to go get it built in Brooklyn and then you'd be rehearsing it. Someplace studio, else, some other studio. Someplace else, moving around, and you couldn't ever go in and do anything on your stage. Do you know how many shows you've done at the Rio? Roughly, it's a lot. Yeah, well, it's uh, two hundred fifty times uh, third, no, times nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I'd be two hundred fifty times twenty. <laughs> someone could do. <laughs> well, twenty would be. I'm like, how many years ago did I do your fifteenth anniversary? And, well, wait party? a minute. Let me. I'm going to backpedal for a second. Sunday school has been around for a long time. Has yeah, it long. been s- more than seven years? It's too long. It's run its course. Yeah, think, no. It's <laughs> nice you brought that to our attention. No, yeah, no, I, I know that because, you know, I came to a Sunday school several years ago. Did you? I came to a Sunday school in Massachusetts, maybe in Boston. Oh, yeah. Oh, my I remember, God. I remember there being boiled wow. dinner. There was, yeah, there was a boiled dinner. Something about yeah. a boiled dinner. Friends brought a boiled dinner. So I, yeah, I brought friends of mine that didn't even know what a podcast was. You know, this was before podcasts were yeah. as big as they are yeah. now. So I brought my friend and his girlfriend yeah. to the Penn Sunday School podcast. And they didn't understand what they were going. They were telling people they were going to a magic show. They had no idea what was going on. That was, uh, yeah. to it. So it's been around a long time. Yeah, Penn and Teller were touring. And we decided we were going to try to do live podcasts during the day at a comedy club. Yeah. For, uh, 4,700 and what? 50. 4,750. So that probably means when you had the ones before that, about 5,000 shows you've done at the Rio. Is that math right? I wouldn't it be more? 250 times... 19. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Unless my calculator's lying. Plus, no, <laughs> they took yeah. off... You know, they, got, they, wow. they, took, they took off for Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, no, the reason I asked that, too, because I've done maybe 1,400 or so at the link, right, in the past four years, whatever. Yeah. And Well, that'll tell you that, too. What? If you've done fourteen hundred and four years, yeah, you're you right. You could have got the same number. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lance, you know, he did a lot of Vegas shows, and he came to the show not too long ago, and he, I think, might have asked me if anything crazy happened, and I told, you know, maybe some story of a girl. I had a girl pass out on stage. I didn't realize she was eight months pregnant. She was wearing a very flattering dress, and I didn't know. And I, apparently, that can mean that you can pass out. From, I don't know. And as I'm like, <laughs> as I'm what I t- what I, telling what I think is a pretty okay story, he goes, "Yeah, well, a couple of people died at my show. <laughs> and actually, had people. I oh, yeah. mean, were you there? People died, yeah. That's, unbelievable. That was yeah, not a bad. I was not a bad Lance. Person. Oh, thank you. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's what he said. He had like like yeah, this was like happened on like died, three yeah. different occasions. Maybe yeah. at the Hacienda too, even. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's when you know you've done a lot of shows when you have people in the audience that are dying, or you're doing maybe like a cruise ship that has older yeah. people. And it's and it's been long enough where like uh it, it's off it's an offhanded story where you're like oh yeah yeah people have died at my show it was wild I couldn't believe it. <laughs> we were doing the water tank and I said I wouldn't tell this story but now there's been I have forgotten what city 
and I've forgotten when it was. So it's no one's privacy is being invaded here. <laughs> we had a woman on stage doing the timekeeper for the water tank. Stroll's in the water tank, right? And they're supposed to call it every 30 seconds, how long he's been there. So I get a woman up from the audience, and she's got a stopwatch. She's doing every 30 seconds. All of a sudden, halfway through the bit, uh, Nate's over there with a, with a stopwatch doing it. One of our crew guys is doing it. And I go, oh, what, what happened to her? And he goes, and we go through the whole thing. She had uh, gotten nervous on stage and peed all over herself. And they just hustled her off stage <laughs> and said, <laughs> it's okay. Don't be embarrassed. It's fine. And Nate just stepped into her place. Just a little side trick. That girl has turned into one of our assistants. Yeah. Haven't had an adult pee, <laughs> but yeah, children, kids. of course. Well, you had, you had my son on stage. Oh, my God. And you tried oh, so hard right. not to choose him. I did. That was crazy. Uh, uh, I felt so bad. Fun. I was like trying not to make a. Spe- I, I don't like to like make a spectacle when we have like someone People at the show the who's just trying to have a night out, right? Yeah. So like I'm not calling attention to you or Teller being there and so on, um, unless someone wants to be called out or whatever. But like yeah, the la- and then it's like you know I accidentally. Pull Penn's yeah, son goes on to, stage. He goes to the opposite ah. side where my son didn't want to sit with us. So he was sitting very far away from us. So he picked, he picked. And then, of course, when he said his name was Zoltan, uh, all of a sudden Matt figured it out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, I had no choice but to, like, you know, go yeah. off mic and say to Penn, like, is this okay? Like, I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to do this to you. Well, Z, Z loved it. <laughs> no, I know he, he had a good time. Because everybody's respectful, so he doesn't get picked. Right. He was right. He, he was very, very That's happy. That's true. He probably never gets picked for something like that out of yeah, everyone else is respectful. <laughs> Do you hear how he threw that in there? Yeah. yeah everyone else is so respectful. I said, no, respect, like you respect. <laughs> okay, you were trying okay. to. I was. I really was. You you, you were doing you were doing everything right. <laughs> in the wrong place. You know, we were at the circus yesterday, you know. Yes. Moxie. You know, it's here. Both there was a a circus. Okay, there was a circus over in Henderson. Huh. Not and, the uh, circus. All right. <laughs> a circus. And and, uh, and Mox, you know, it, it's such a weird life, you know, because Mox is used to being handed cameras to take pictures of people with their father, mm. and people don't even ask her. You know, right? They, no, I get it. But either my 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 son and daughter, they just hand them their phones and say, "Take a picture of us." Mm-hmm. You know, and I just don't know what that's like. I have no yeah, idea what right. that's like. You know, my my dad was a uh, you know a, a jail guard and a coin dealer. I, I didn't. Yeah. I I have no idea what that feels like. You yeah. Know? I often often ask my children. You know, what is it like? Of course, they don't know any different. Yeah. Right. You know, your uh, Sarah was saying that your your children think they can meet anybody on TV, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just because the between the two of us, uh, just coming up when we did a lot of our friends in the comedy world. Have become become famous, <laughs> so we just know. So every time we we go to L.A., hang out or whatever, right? They see people from television, and then also then here in Vegas, we know everybody at shows. Yeah. So when we go to shows, even last night at the circus, we hang out afterward yeah. and meet the hosts and hang out behind stage. Yeah. They're used to going backstage. So she was saying they're show. watching. Well, we, get, we get to pet the elephants. Yeah. Yeah. So when we went to <laughs> to, to, to a kind of see the Little Mermaid. They're right. like, are we going back? And we're like, no, we don't know. Anybody. No, no, we don't know anybody. But she also told me that you're watching uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes. And one of your children said, I, I, "We want to meet him." <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, we we don't. No, we can't." <laughs> we can't. Very early on, they were like, "Because also YouTube, there's no difference between you, on YouTube. There's no difference between right." So they were watching mommy's YouTube clips because the Apple Sisters have a ton of YouTube stuff. Right. And also, they also like Bruno Mars. So like, next time we go to Nana's house, which is L.A. Can we meet Bruno Mars? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't th- I'll, I'll try. I'll try. My kids always ask why I don't have a billboard. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, oh, my friends have billboards. How come yeah. you don't have a billboard, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Well, you say your kids don't know different, but your wife must, for example. Yeah. Right? So, like, is it offensive to her? Like, what, what is she? No, I she mean, just doesn't no, faze her. No one's offended. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never met anyone in show business, and they're surrounded by it. Yeah. You know, right, they, right. It's very, very – I was desperate. To meet one person who did anything in show business didn't yeah. didn't until I was I was already doing shows and never met anyone that did shows. Yeah, and I think the difference is often on the parent. Like uh, you 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 were well into your career when you had your kids, so it's a little different. But like, yeah, I'm so a very instance, old dad. Yeah. So, for instance, when um, uh, foolish contestants come on. They often be like, "Oh, I want to. Can I? My kids. My kids are in the audience. I want to point point yeah, them yeah. out or whatever." And they they note to me for the interview that you know my kids will be there. And in my head, I'm like, "Your kids don't give a shit. Like your kids don't care <laughs> that you're on TV. They'd care if they were on TV. Yeah, they really don't. Yeah. You know." And so when I got to go on full, so like, well, you can have a daytime recording or a nighttime recording. I was like, "Nighttime. I don't want my kids around. They're not going to care. If anything, they're going to want to come on stage <laughs> since I'm up there, and I don't want to deal with any of that. Right? They're not. They're just not going to care. If anything, it's more this thing of like your kids." Don't it's like more parents kind of like I wish my kids cared more that I have an awesome career or that yeah. I worked hard to get. But you're just their, you're their dad, whatever. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. It's like you're my yeah. dad. That's you know, the one time when I was on Celebrity Apprentice, yeah, uh, where you're being this whole time part of the the script, the game, yeah, is to be respectful to Donald Trump, who I who I who I didn't have a natural affinity to being respectful for, although I thought he did a good job at the reality show. I was on for the final show with Trace, and actually, partially because I wouldn't support him for president, I didn't win, even though I, the objective stuff I did very well on. And my children in the audience, my children were, since that was eight years ago, uh, my children were, you know, whatever they were. Four or five. No, no, eight, seven or six or seven, yeah, that's what they would have been. Yeah. And that's an important age, right? Because they're building it all up and it's the final live show and it's built up like it matters. To a six-year-old, they're old enough to understand that it matters and not understand old enough to know that it doesn't matter. Ah, yeah. It's, it's a, a contest. Though. Yeah, they get yeah, it. yeah. And um, so I lost, you know. And uh, I didn't give a fuck. I'd been on every single show I could be on. As you would have felt if you lost... You told me you tried to lose. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> um, and... Uh, he did, yeah. That's so, uh, <laughs> no one cared except my children. And my daughter was very upset that I had lost. She, I, I was holding her and I went over to, uh, to Donald Trump. And remember, the game's over now, so we're not we're not playing anymore. We are just people. And I said, excuse me, Donald. I'd said Mr. Trump the whole time, but that's part of the job. So he said, excuse me, Donald. And he said, he was talking to someone else. And I forgot who it was. And he said, no, just a minute. I said, no, no, now, now. And he turned around and I said, oh, my daughter's really upset that I lost your stupid fucking show. And uh, you're going to tell her that her dad did a really, really good job and that this is just a show and it doesn't really matter because she's upset and that's more important than you right now. And uh, I mean, to his credit, does he have any credit? This is the first one. The, the one credit. Here he goes, All right. Mark the episode. I can't believe I was here for this. <laughs> he said, uh, this he will said, be hitting the news big time tomorrow. He said, Moxie, you, your dad did a great job. We were just playing here. And he was very nice and 
Titans in. Yeah. I can go back to that. But at that point, I had taken as much shit as I wanted to take as yes. part of my job from Donald Trump. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, and by, by all accounts, he's a sweet grandfather, so maybe that was, uh, that was part of it. <laughs> is he? Is any account say he's a sweet grandfather? There was, actually. When he first was, he spent, well, the first like kind of like reporter to follow around when he was in the White House, said his, his best moments were when uh, his grandchildren came into the White House and he was showing them the first time around the White House. They said it was the most likable he ever was. was I, I think it's really hard. Boy, it must be hard to be an asshole showing your children around the White House. <laughs> I mean, even he wasn't up to that task. <laughs> I mean, maybe some humility sneaks in then. Is that possible? No one comes to mind of who would fuck that up. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to think of it. <laughs> so, Matt Franco, Hi. are you going to be at uh, at uh, the Lynx forever? I, I, at least until I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, tell them anything they need to know to come see your wonderful show. Yeah, I really love it there. Uh, we are at the Link Hotel and Casino, and we perform mostly uh, every night except Wednesday and Thursday. And come out and see us and have a, a good time. What else can I say about it? Really, it's a, it's you, a good show. Do you tour on the, those off days? Uh, some uh, no, not on the like the two off days like that. I sometimes have stuff to do on those days and have to travel. But um, if I do tour a little bit, it is generally like on an off week, and we'll okay. go and do a, a short run that time. But and where do they go for that? Everything's at mattfranco.com. Matt with one T, like a doormat. M A T. Don't know how my parents screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds but like you, a, is your, is your name Matt and not Matthew? It's Matthew, but with one T for whatever reason. Huh. Yeah, so I, whenever I... Are you some weird, uh, like, Icelandic or something? I, no, no, what do you mean? No. What's, what's, your, what's your ethnic Ital background? Italian. Uh, oh, yeah, you told me that. Providence, Franco. come on. Frank no. Franco, <laughs> Providence. Capiche? Uh, do, do people in Italy not know how to spell uh, Matthew? I think I think <laughs> Joyce and Rich Franco maybe don't. <laughs> and actually, the truth is, so I have two older brothers. There are three of us. My oldest brother's name, his middle name is Matthew. Matt, three T's. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's with two. Really? Oh, His wow. middle name is Matthew. So they correctly. forgot. They forgot. I guess. I don't have a good answer. I think there's like a thing of like the amount of time you've saved not writing that second T must add up to like an increment of time. That's, Cheaper on the billboards. I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 how we won America. The extra little that extra little time on the yeah. side steal. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. That's it. <laughs> he wasn't right. He put every every moment into that. <laughs> thank you so much, Matt. Hey, it's a thanks, blast. thanks for letting we'll me come hang. Again. Absolutely. That was Ben Sunday School? It was. That was Ben Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. You become naked. That's what that was, yeah. And oh, by the way, if you ever see us doing inflatables, we've got a different way of doing it now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they don't, that, that's why it fools you.
everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against the shark if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.